This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Hi, welcome to another edition of Soap from the Box. I'm Lee Salisbury, and this is your chance to get to know some of the UK's biggest soap stars a little bit better. Because I used to direct them in soap, I know them well, and so hopefully they give me all the on and off screen stories. This is the second edition this week after a very special episode with Sophie Ellis Bexter. If you haven't heard it, please listen now. Otherwise, enjoy this next instalment. Get a cuppa or a glass of wine and sit back and relax. My guest today on Soap from the Box is Catherine Tilsley, who played Eva Price for seven years in Coronation Street. Hello. Hi, babe. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. So I always start with a little memory, and I remember we filmed, and I think I'm right in saying, when you were pregnant in real life, Eva wasn't pregnant, was she? That's right. So yes. I remember we went, we were in a shop for some reason, and I just remember you were quite big by the end. Yeah. And do you remember having to hide it? I do. What, what are the tricks we use in telly? What were you doing most of the time as Eva then? They gave Eva really big handbags. <laughs> And she was always stood behind something. So she was always behind the bar in the Rovers or carrying a box, even when she didn't need to be carrying a box. Um, Oh, we had to do all sorts because by about five months, I was huge. And what's it like being a a pregnant woman working those hours and stuff? Is it hard? Because, you know, I'm sure every mum that's had a child would say the last few months, but you worked till kind of near the end didn't you I did I I was very naive because Alf is my first baby and I remember going to Stuart Blackburn the producer at the time and saying look I'm not poorly you know carry on working me hard I'll work right till the end and then by seven months I was absolutely (laughs) exhausted I won't lie I was very heavy and it was just really tiring but I have to say Coronation Street are just brilliant at looking after you so we will talk firstly so about Corrie and Eva and then about you. Now, you it wasn't the first time you were in Corrie, was it, playing Eva? It wasn't, no, no. You were, tell everyone what you were. I was midwife too. <laughs> <laughs> in to, 2006, um, yeah, I've got. Yeah, the Sunita's twins. Oh, is it so twins? I had a few scenes with Sunita, um, Shona and Jimmy, Dev. And um, yeah, I was just, my parents were so thrilled that I I had this little role on Coronation Street. It was like the biggest thing ever. So you can imagine what they were like when I got the <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, it seems forever ago. Um, comparing that to when you went back as a main role, like, is it more nerve wracking if you're, a, when you're starting out and you're going to a big show like that as... Oh. Because I, I know directing people, actually, they get so nervous. And it's actually really hard to deliver one line. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. If you've only got one line, it's kind of like yeah. you can tell people have really worked on it. Yeah. And it can sound yeah. horrendous. Because you, you, you really want to make your mark. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you're saying something like, the doctor's coming. I mean, what can you do with it? I know. It's informative. What can you do? But do you know what? I was actually more nervous when I started as Eva because there was such a hype about this new family coming in and they'd spent a fortune on these ads where it was, you know, me, Michelle Collins, John Mickey, getting out of a taxi, landing on the cobbles. And I was like, Kath, you cannot mess this up. They've spent so much money. Um, but it really helped that I knew quite a few people there already. And so that kind of eased me into the job. And there was tough competition, wasn't there, for the role as well. It oh. wasn't like an easy gig to get. I honestly, I'm into the positive mindset I'm into vision boards and things like that. So in the lead up to the audition, I kept putting it out there to the universe. But when I turned up at the audition, there must have been maybe five or six other girls that looked nothing like me. Oh, really? Because They were all tiny, really young. And even Anthony Cotton said, he went, oh, this might be against you, you know. But then I ended up getting the part because I looked different. So different. How bizarre then, really, that they... Yeah, and I also had spent forever YouTubing Michelle Collins oh, right. to try and get the same intonation patterns, the same mannerisms. And, and even Michelle picked up on it afterwards. She was like, oh my oh, gosh, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. So it paid off. And so have you ever had in your career those people that are always at the auditions when you go for parts? Like you're always alongside certain people. Do you know what? Joe Froggart. Oh, in, really? in the early days, we were both up for Downton. And she's the loveliest girl, lovely and a phenomenal actress. But I always used to walk in and think, oh, oh Joe Froggart's here. She's got it. <laughs> she's got it. <laughs> and then you mentioned, obviously, it was an amazing family that you went into. Michelle mm. Collins, obviously a legend yeah. for EastEnders. And then Sue Johnson obviously came into play. Oh. I mean, literally, I couldn't believe I was working with Sue yeah, Johnson. Same. It, it's incredible, isn't it, when someone like that yeah. comes in. Does that add to the pressure? Does that, Or do, does that make it more exciting when you're working alongside... It's more exciting because it keeps you on your toes. I grew up watching Sue Johnson and, you know, the likes of Brenda Blethyn. Th- those two actresses were were real role models to me, and people like Julie Walters, etc. But I remember studying Sue Johnson. I remember when she did the first run of Jim Cartwright's 2, oh, and I yes. remember studying it and thinking, oh, my God, she's just amazing and, and a wonderful person. And when they told me that she was coming in to play my gran, I was like, oh my God, this can is believe just it. amazing. So it's it's brilliant. And the casting department just worked their magic all I the mean, time. there is something about Corrie, isn't there? You know, Ian McClellan did it. I mean, it's literally like Corrie's just, yeah. you know, you could get it. They could get anyone in a way, Anyone. It's People are such fans. Apparently, Anthony Hopkins doesn't miss an episode. Really? He is obsessed with And I'm sure with the Corrie. Queen watches it. Babes. She must what do, else, must What she? else is she, she doing? She would love um, Eva. <laughs> so, I mean, and there was a big drama, really. I remember this, and it was horrible, and it kind of shows the hardship of being an actor in a soap when Michelle went through what she did with the accent. I mean, yeah. it's tough, isn't it, if you're in a big show? Because suddenly, if something like that happens, it's just mm. the pressure must be immense. I mean, it must be horrible to work around that. It's so hard. Firstly, as a northerner, Manchester born and bred, there was nothing wrong with Michelle's accent. There genuinely wasn't, but they were always going to find fault. Yeah, of She'd worked really hard on it. She'd worked with a dialect coach. And I, I if some, there was the odd word that didn't quite sound right, I would tell her. I'd say, babe, just 
you know, yeah. flip it a little bit. And she was brilliant and she didn't deserve any of that flat, but they needed something to pick at because oh, yeah. that's what they do. I think it's really hard going from one side. I mean, you actually did it as well because apart from Corey, you were in Emmerdale. I did, yeah. When I was working on Emmerdale as well, you were, you were, weren't you in prison? I was. <laughs> I was a naughty prison guard alongside um, James Sutton. Yeah, well, he was a he prisoner, was, wasn't he? He was a prisoner and, you were... and we, we, we got a bit jiggy with it in prison. <laughs> reality of uh, <laughs> how was Emmerdale compared to Corrie I mean they're, they're working on them they're quite similar aren't they they're both they kind are. of nice happy families and they know, are yeah I think that's that's the key thing that I took away from both is that there was no genuinely no sense of hierarchy it was just both really welcoming and I know everyone wants the gossip I know like, I know you hate and who was it does awful sound rubbish and... doesn't it but it actually is yeah, true totally so I'm going to do a little fun quiz to see how well you remember oh no Eva. <laughs> I've been nice because I like you. So, I think, <laughs> so can you remember which characters lock in did Stella and Eva have to clear up when they joined? Oh. In the pub. Becky. Yes. Yes. Becky McDonald, who obviously played by the amazing Catherine Kelly. And Kate Kelly would have absolutely murdered me if I'd have got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. And again, so when you went in, I mean, obviously she's done amazingly well. You, you've got Sarah Lancashire, mm-hmm. Saran Jones, who left Corrie. Is it inspirational to see these like Completely. women leave and do so well? I mean, not many other soaps I don't think have had that no. level of success from the females. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all, all three of those actresses that you've just named um, are huge idols of mine. You know, if you know that Saran Jones or Kate Kelly or Sarah Lancashire is going to be in a programme, you watch, watch it, it yeah. because you're guaranteed that it's going to be good quality and um, brilliantly acted. So, and Kate's a very dear friend of mine. She's always been a great advisor. And I, I just, re- she's a bit of a big sister. I did my first ever television job with Kate. Oh, did you? What was that? It was No Angels. Oh, okay. Oh, I remember that. And she took me under her wing from day one. And then, and then we lived together. I moved in with her when oh, she was wow. doing Corrie. And then I ended up being in Corrie. So she she was always just so wonderful to me. And to see everything that she's done now is just hugely inspiring. So what advice did people like that give you going into a show like Corrie? Did, did you have those kind of people that gave you any advice? Kate Kelly gave me the best advice. She said, treat every scene as though it's an audition. Because soap is so fast and it's very easy to become so familiar with people and and take things for granted. And you do get very comfortable there. I spent more time there than I did at home. Yeah. You constantly have to be on the ball. Yeah. Because otherwise you will get lost in this vast sea of actors. You have to stand out and put your all into every single scene that you do. I think that's so true. And I think people listening to this, that's what they probably don't realise about the characters they grow to love. It's because of the work the actors have put into it, I think. Absolutely, Because so many big... Big stars and big actors who've done the National Theatre, whatever, come in and they just get lost. They do. And it's the the saying of, if you can do soap, you can do anything, is so true. When you come out of a soap, there can be snobbery. I didn't endure that at all. Everyone was lovely and and great. And a lot of casting directors remembered me. However, if, if you've only done soap and people only know you for that character, it's really difficult. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at all, but um, there and is... And do you think, I think a lot of people who do soap for, say, many years, there is a thing that, in a way, unless you play something like, an, you know, a, a bitch or whatever, you, people do kind of start to blend into the character. Yeah. Did you make a conscious effort yeah. to keep Eva, I mean, always totally away from you? You have to fight against it. And you, you are that... Well, I was that character for such a long time. You know, the day I left, I said, I need calf back. I dyed yeah, my hair yeah. back to its <laughs> natural colour and, and so much 
about me is, is completely different from Eva. You, you have to make that bold choice because there are actors that are very similar to themselves in soap and that's fine, especially if they want to stay there. There's nothing wrong no, with that yeah. whatsoever. Um, and it's a comfortable place to be in, but that's not what I enjoy as an actor. I like to push You like boundaries. coming over being Kath and going to work and being oh, God, Eva. Yeah. So who did Eva first start dating? Oh my I mean, she went through quite a few, to be she fair. She did! <laughs> uh, I think it was Nick. Yes. Was it? Yeah, Ben oh, Price, who played ben Nick Tilsley. So the second incarnation. The second incarnation of Nick Tilsley, I think. I think he was like the ninth. Or was it the ninth? <laughs> yeah. And you said that Eva, talking about love life, Eva's love life was obviously, but I've read that you said it was quite detrimental to your love life playing Eva. Oh, because people. They they think you are the character and they thought I was some kind of bunny-boiling <laughs> sex pest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would, I'd be out, you know, with the girls in town and I would have guys coming up to me that thought I was Eva and they'd yeah. be like, you know, why, why have you not got your boobs out? And I'd be like, that's not why you're not dressed in PVC. <laughs> it's so mad, isn't it? Still, people have that. Completely. And it's only with soap, I think. And I always try to put my finger on why. And I think it's because it's just in people's houses every day. So they beca- yeah. it becomes the norm. Because th- really, in other dramas, you wouldn't no. do that, would you? No. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you'd go up to Brenda Blethyn as well <laughs> and go, where's your Mac? And no, babe. There's a murder <laughs> down the road. Um, I love that. So after Aidan's affair, mm. Eva bought what on his credit card to anger him? She bought a pink Range Rover. Which is fabulous. I Amazing. Mean, I mean, if just you're going to piss someone off, when buy my husband, a pink Range Rover. Absolutely. When my husband watched that, he was like, remind me never to get on the wrong <laughs> side of you, just in case I'd taken heed of what Eva did. But, um, oh, I mean, how much fun can you have? And that's what I mean. Like it that? must be things like that. It must be great to go to work and just do those things that you would never oh, even like imagine therapy. in real life. Yeah, it's great. So what's the most extravagant thing you bought as a person? Do you think? And not necessarily money. What is there something that you've, like, when you've got a good job or when you, you've thought, you know, sod it, I'm going to get this? There's been the odd, obviously, like, your home is a huge thing. Yeah. But I very recently have purchased a piece of art by oh. the artist Maria Reavens. And I saw some of her work in town. Where was I? I think it was the Radisson Hotel. And she basically texts Hollywood icons and creates collages. Oh, wow. And I got in touch with her. And I'd, I'd saved up because I really wanted... I, it was it was one of those things that had been in my mind for years. And yes. I thought, it's not going away. And I've commissioned her to do <gasps> Barbara Streisand. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I'm beside oh, myself. commissioned I've commissioned it. It's going on that wall oh, there. Oh, wow. Um, and I am so excited. She was so lovely. And I, I, I was just totally fangirling because her work is just so I special. I saw her a thing. Did you put it on Facebook the other day with Barbara Streisand with the mask on? <gasps> she can wear it. Brilliant. Anyone, Anyone can. can. <laughs> I love Babs. And I you know, buying them. art basically means you're getting old. Oh, completely. It's one of those things, isn't it? When you were young, you would think, who Darling. would spend money on a painting? I've, I've bought art. I'm drinking red wine and eating mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that, you're past it. And, and past it. Um, where was the flat that Eva and Jason bought? Oh, my word. Now, just to explain to people listening, actually, these questions are really hard, I think, because we always film in the sets, which are in the studio. Yeah. Often you don't even relate it to where it is in the street, do you? I actually can't remember. It was above a restaurant you probably really loved. 
prima donna kebab. That's where it was. Of course. <laughs> Brilliant. When I joined Corrie, I think it was, I mean, like any other soaps, you'd walk on and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. What was your favourite set there? Or what was the set that you used to still pinch yourself and think? The Rovers. Yeah. A million percent. I used to stand in the Rovers thinking, oh, I wonder if one day... Eva will be landlady, like, you know, when she's older. I mean, can you imagine Eva as landlady? It would be be closed. Hilarious. It'd be closed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the Rovers. It's so special. And I mean, standing behind that bar, because obviously Eva worked behind the bar. I mean, that, for me, that is like, I felt, it's dreams, isn't it? Yeah. Because the amount of people who've been behind that bar. Was Betty there when you were there? I just crossed paths with her. So that's great, because I never did. I'd had the chance to meet her through Anthony Cotton, actually. And she was very lovely. Only the once, but um, she was very lovely. And, ju- and just, to, yeah, the amount of icons. I know. It, I, I honestly, every time, without fail, even seven years down the road, I would often stand in the rovers going, oh my God. Well, we used as directors, obviously, camera script on your own. So you used to go in there and I just, I used to get, like, you sit camera script, but then stop for like half, because you used to just sit there going, this is yeah. mad. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the only awful thing is then those pub scenes actually are the worst days, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> So even though we go, oh, it's gorgeous, yeah. it's like you never wanted to do a pub day. Yeah. it was so long and took so long. I remember sitting in the green room and there was a few actors there that had been there a long time and I went, guys, they, they give me my job back in the Rovers and they all went, oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm dead happy. And they're like, yeah, you won't be this time next <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> well, it's kind of that thing for actors, I think, because you obviously get paid well if you're in the pub. Well, yes. You're in all the yeah. time, but then yeah. you can you're end there. up saying a pint, you know. Yeah. Would you like a that's yeah. 50 pence change? Yeah. <laughs> what would Eva... Okay, so yeah, just to end the little character ones, what would Eva think of these characters from other soaps, do you think? What would she think of Kat Slater in EastEnders? Oh, I think her and Kat would have a really good night out, I think they honest. would, yeah. I think Kat would hate her at first. Yeah. But then they would I feel like bond. Eva would look up to somebody like Kat. And she wouldn't mess with her. I know Eva's fine to do, but I think she'd look at Kat and be like, ooh, she's a bit of a powerhouse. What about Charity and Emmerdale? Do you think Eva read people? Because Charity's quite clever. Do you think Eva read people well? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure they'd get on, you know. I think Eva might be a bit too dizzy for her. I think she'd get quite frustrated with her. And is there anyone in Corrie, character-wise, that you would have loved to have worked with more? That is a really good question. And I'm going to surprise you. It would be either Malcolm or... Oh, Malcolm. Oh, he plays... Patty. Yes. And also, of course, I absolutely... One of my... Well, my two favourite Corrie characters are Hayley and Roy. Oh, yeah. And I was lucky enough to do the set... I think the block before Julie died, but she was just immense, wasn't she? And I only ever grabbed little little moments with Julie, but she was just so wonderful. And did you not do really anything? I'm surprised you didn't work. Eva wasn't with Malcolm Norris more. That's like a dream. Me and Norris had had the odd scene, and I I, I mean, I love it. That's a dream pairing. Isn't it just? Yeah. yeah. Then they would have been best friends. Yeah. Wouldn't they? And I love Patty, but whenever Patty plays Mary, sorry, whenever we had um, scenes together... Eva would always look at Mary to say, you're completely bonkers and I can't be doing with you. But it was just so much fun to have that dynamic. They have got some brilliant... So I, I remember, because I did the last filming on the old uh, street and then, on, uh, then the first film on the new street. And um, Tony Warren, the creator, amazing, obviously, man, who created Corey, said to me that 
they only, the only reason they set Coronation Street in Manchester was because it rained all the time and they needed something to film indoors to the studio sets because they never really fit. They didn't film outside at first because the street was in ah. the studio. Oh, and I was right. like, oh, wow. That, so that's why Coronation Street was created. I, I do miss. I was completely <coughs> in love with the old studios, I must admit. And the facilities they've got now at Media City are amazing. Oh, but it's not was, the same. It's not the same. There was something when so you first special. Walked, and it wasn't just Coronation Street. I think it was just the whole building. I mean, even yes. though when I joined... It was like there was nothing. You used to walk about four miles to the canteen and there was nothing in that big open studio. But you just walked in there and you could sense the... History. The history. Did you ever know who was in your dressing room before you? Do you know what I mean? Was there a history of dressing rooms? Did you ever know? I don't think I did. There was always the talk of the ghosts. Yes, there was always the talk of the The, ghosts. The cleaners were constantly saying that they'd seen things and things like that. I think they did a Most Haunted there at one point. Yeah, because I'm sure they said like a cast member still haunts it. There was definitely energy. There There was was definitely an energy. energy I did it. If if I was camera scripting, you were alone (laughs) at night... In the old street, some of those, it was quite freaky, actually. Very much so. But that old street was just amazing, wasn't it? Even though I remember the cobbles were a nightmare. There must have been Freever, especially in Hills. Do you know what was brilliant? Because the producer that brought me in was amazing, Phil Collinson. And after I'd been there a few weeks, he he spotted me in the canteen. He went, Kath, the character decision you've made of her not being able to walk (laughs) on cobbles is genius. And I was like, thanks, babe. But I just couldn't walk. No, I mean, that's quite a man thing to say as well. Yeah, what he was girl like, can it's br- yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, Michelle Collins was phenomenal. She could run down cobbles in stilettos. Could she? Whereas I was like Bambi on ice. <laughs> Terrible. But yeah, the new, so let's explain to because we, we then moved to the new building, which was a much bigger street. It really shocked me, actually, when we first filmed in yeah. it. It was suddenly, because yeah. Yeah. we were used to doing scenes, I suppose, of someone crossing the road, and suddenly mm. it was like, my God, that took a whole scene yeah. to cross the road. Do you, I, I do think it lost a bit of its magic moving there, don't I you, do. the street? I really do I think do. it lost, you could tell it wasn't as... And, and everybody says the same thing, and I, and I know that things have to change and, and Corrie will forever be my second co- ho- second yeah. home and I, you know I, I hope to go back at some point I adore it but yeah I think you know being in the first lot of studios with so much history behind it and so many icons that have walked through those doors there was just something really special about it um, and I think the new place for me when I first got there I was like oh it's a bit clinical and um, yeah very scandy. Which everything's got, I suppose. And you can see why they have to move. But did you ever go to the village in Emmerdale when you were there? Do you know what? I didn't. Did I was, you? I was always in the prison. Of course you oh, were, no, you I'm never... telling a lie. I did. I did once when um, Abby, the prison guard, goes looking for her prisoner, for, for her prisoner James <laughs> Sutton. Um, so I did once. Because that's it's the beautiful. best. Oh, yeah, that is amazing. Beautiful. Because it is actually a village. I remember on Emmerdale, standing, camera scripting on my own, and these people, because basically where Emmerdale is filmed is in the middle of an estate, but there's lots of private, uh, public brideways. So there was a couple in the bus stop and they were like, oh, excuse me. God, thank God we've seen you. We've been here an hour. Do you know the timetable says a bus is due? And I was like, oh no, you're in the Emmerdale village. Oh no. <laughs> on a Saturday. That is brilliant. Waiting for a bus. Um, so back to Eva, before we move on to you. So she did, as I said, she ploughed through her men. Yes. Uh, so she had uh, Jason, Ryan yes. Thomas, yeah. Rob, Mark Bayless, yeah. Shane Ward, Aiden. Who do you think was the love of her life? It, ha- it was Aiden. It was Aiden. The, 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 the and you and Shane line, had a brilliant dynamic, didn't you? He was just wonderful. And we were like 
we were the, the two kids in school that would get separated for being, yes. too, for being too giddy. We were like two little school children. But the way they developed that storyline was just so wonderful and heartbreaking. It was incredible. And so just to recap, you obviously in the end, Aidan committed suicide. Yeah. And I think Soap's got... The, 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 why Soap's amazing is it, it's got such an important role in our society because people watch it every day and these stories that people probably turn off from it elsewhere, you know, yeah. but get to see it there. Was it, did it feel special? I mean, not special. Did, you know, how was it to work on a storyline like that? Do you feel that real level of responsibility to get you it right? Do. You do, massively so. And Shane and I had people coming up to us in the street saying, do you know what? I was in a really bad place. I was going to do it. And I watched Corrie and I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm getting the help. This is incredible. Kate Oates, the producer at the time, is a genius. Yeah, she is, yeah. A complete powerhouse and genius. And the way she devised that storyline, I mean, for example, calls to helplines like the Samaritan's Mind car increased by 2,000% when that storyline went out. Well, I think by picking Aiden, they were clear, because it was the guy you wouldn't expect. You know, he's good looking. He's it was, it really, was, you yeah. think he's got everything. And mm-hmm. that's often as we find out that, you know, the case Completely. more and more, it's not Completely. the quiet and person in there. She was very clever about it. And of course, we were extremely sad to lose Shane and, and Shane was sad to go. But at the same time, it was a real gift for him as an actor and a gift for us, you know, to, to have that responsibility and learn that, through the power of soul, we, we helped to save lives, which is insane. It is insane. And I think it was a remarkable, completely game changer. Of and also really life. clever, not just for Shane's character, but for your character, mm. you know, to give Eva that as well. Do you get pigeonholed a bit as a comedy? Do you know what I mean? Is mm. it, do you find that what? Kate Oates was, was a fantastic listener. And, and when I first, when she first joined Coronation Street, you know, I went in for a little meeting with her and, and she said, well, what is it you would like as an actress? And I said, I want her to go to a dark place. We've seen the funny stuff. Yeah. I want her to, you know, to, you know, shave my hair off, put me in a... And, and Kate was really taken back. She was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And, you know, luckily, a year or so after that, she'd come up with this storyline. And and I was just so grateful yeah, as an great. actress to, to be part of something that was so Well, important. I think that's all credit to you as well, because I think a lot of people rest on their laurels in a way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not many people in a soap want because they know what's working. It's a very comfortable place to be, but to me, that becomes stagnant and yeah. boring. And, and you lose, I like to keep myself And fresh. no one in real life is just that one. No. You know, that's what I mean. And, you know, in the words of everyone. Ronan, life is a roller coaster. <laughs> yes. Um, when you say nothing at all. When you say nothing at all. <laughs> So you, to, you've got to be pushed. It's it's a big part of the reason that I left is I need to be pushed as yeah. an actor and I hope it makes me a, a better performer. But for everyone who loved Eva, you might return maybe one day. I would love to. And I've, ne- I, you know, I've never shied away from that. I'm constantly going, hey guys, I'll see you soon. In the pink Range Rover. In the pink Range Rover. And of course, Susie would be, what, she'd be two now? Well, two in so she'd probably be 16 when she'd you be, back. Yeah, she'd be about 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either will be grey. <laughs> so let's move on to you. So you were born in 1983 in Walkden, Greater in Manchester. Walk- the glamorous <laughs> Walkden. And you're still a Manchester girl. So you're a northern, are you a northerner through and through? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've lived all over the place. Uh, I mean, we emigrated to Tasmania when I was a kid. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. I and I, I've, you know, I lived in London for a while. But I always always come back to Manchester it's home 
you know that old saying of if if you cut me i would bleed manchester it's it's true <laughs> i just adore this city and how does cory do you think cory because i think it's hard isn't it because eastenders is it really a true representation of mm. eastender london probably not is coronation street did places like that exist i mean obviously oh, yes. there's not streets probably where there's killers and well, ten affairs going <laughs> a week but. Yeah, I mean, it's a very unlucky place. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Oh, yes. And, you know, and, and people will say to me, like, oh, but do people like Mary exist? Yes. Oh, yeah. A million percent. Yeah. And, and they're the kind of people that I adore. Yes, Because yeah. they just make the world go round. And Manchester has got something about it, about its unique, quirky characters, I think. Completely. Like, Leeds, I don't think it has that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but no, you're right. Manchester really does. It does. You, you, I could people watch in Manchester city centre all day long. So you trained, you then went to Birmingham, you trained at the, obviously there was lots happening before that, you had mm-hmm. a whole schooling career. Yeah. Uh, you trained at the Birmingham School of Acting. Yeah. Um, for just thinking of the young young people listening, wanting to act, I mean, do, what does drama school teach you? Do you know what I mean? Does it, what does it give you? It strips everything back and you, you have to go... You didn't have to be naked, did you? So no. many people I've spoken to. No. The drama centre, which apparently is known as the trauma centre. The trauma centre. strip off. Yes, I have, I know a few people that went there and I, th- I think most people leave with, with some kind of PTSD. <laughs> yeah. I understand yeah, their theories. Yeah, inhibitions. I understand. And... and some people did get naked. Um, I remember we, we had to write down our biggest uh, challenge and what that would be as an actor and for a lot of people, that was being um, naked or yeah, getting naked, and they, you you have to go in there with no inhibitions. Yeah, and initially I found that very difficult because I was a youngster. There were a lot of people on the course that were older than me, and a few drama schools that I auditioned for kept saying to me, "You need more life experience," and I understand that now. Yeah, now that I'm older. Um, but Birmingham School of Acting is is a wonderful place to train. The teachers are phenomenal and. I owe them so much. I really do. Their their teaching methods are just fantastic. And and you think there were, there were a lot of people that I spoke to that were like, oh, I don't need to go to drama school. And obviously, I went. And the things that I learned. Yeah, I don't I, think you ever stop learning. You never in this job. stop I think learning. If you think you've got it all, then I still see my acting tutor, Rahelio Neveres, who who taught me at Birmingham. If I'm presented with some difficult scenes, oh, I do, still, I oh, do you? sessions with him and we talk it through and. Because I, I think it's really quite naive to to stop that process as an actor. And you talked about stripping your inhibitions. I mean, this is what I find really interesting, the more I've been interviewing for this, that it is that thing which I think the people listening who aren't actors, you you really understand it from this. Actually, it must be hard. Say Eva, we said, always oh, got her boobs out and stuff. Mm. Do you have to go, that's Eva? Do you know I mean? Do yeah. you, but it's, that's what's amazing for me as an actor. I think that's the skill you have because I think so many people would never be able to go. Yeah. People would just be like, no, it's me, it's me. No, do you know what I, I mean? I, I, I couldn't, Kath couldn't do it. Yeah. But that's the fun part of being an actor because Eva absolutely could. Yeah. You know, they put her in a PVC dominatrix dress <laughs> at one point that I would never in a million years have worn, but you have to put yourself... You just get yourself into even mode. That's how you get yeah. through it. It's yeah. not me. And it's the same with intimate scenes. You know, people say, does Tom find it difficult? No, because it's not me. Well, and also, you know, behind the scenes of those scenes, I remember doing a bed scene with Michelle Keegan and uh, someone. <laughs> and I mean, they're the most excruciating Clinical. things in the world, aren't they, as well? Yeah, No they one are. really knows where to look. 
Yeah. You know, it's kind of like there's all the lighting guys climbing on the bed as Michelle yeah. King is laying in it. <laughs> Lucky it's devil. Like, it's not at all saucy, is it? It's, I mean, it's no. not at all. I mean, it's the least saucy thing you could ever... Yeah. Do you know what? I was, I've been really lucky that throughout, Corey, they paired me with such wonderful, funny, lovely actors. Like me and Shane, if we had a kissing scene, we'd just laugh our way. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, we'd, we'd have a bit of a, a joke about and it. And again, have you ever been with someone that you've been like, oh my God... You don't need to say who. I haven't, but I have got a funny story to tell you. I went to the dentist once. I didn't realise he was numbing my mouth and I had to go straight to work (laughs) and snog Shane Ward. And I couldn't kiss him. It was like, God forgive me, it was like I'd had a full-on stroke. And Shane was crying, (laughs) laughing at me. He was like, what's wrong with you? And I was literally Got dribbling all around his face, oh, dribbling down the side of his face. <laughs> so I mean, that that was hilarious. He he ribbed me for that for a long time. Now you've spoken openly about your weight, obviously, when you were younger, mm. and you were a size twenty two when yeah. you were a teenager. Yeah, she was a big lady. Um, and I think now, I mean, that's obviously how many years ago that is. But I mean, now I think image and stuff has become so much more, you know, mm. prevalent with the social media and stuff. Is it tough being a girl? It is. It is. I think, I know it's, it sounds a bit of a cliche, but the older I've got, the more comfortable I feel. I was quite lucky that I joined Corrie when I was 27, I think I was. I, I, if you're a very young girl joining a soap or you're thrust into the realms of huge fame all of a sudden, I can imagine it's very difficult. Oh, yeah. I had the right people around me. I had people like Catherine Kelly and Anthony Cotton going, never read the comments on yeah, newspapers, yeah, yeah, yeah. etc. Having, when you were young and you were, you know, you were yeah. started, was it a struggle for you? Were you always conscious that you wanted to not be like that? Do you know what? I was I was always the, the joker of the group at school. I was never bullied. I was always happy. It was just, I knew I wanted to be a leading actress. And I went to an audition and they were like, my darling, you'll never be a leading actress. You are the fat, funny friend. And that yes. is a horrendous stereotypical... It is, but unfortunately it's, but it's true. true in our industry. It it's is. true. And also... I realised that I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without feeling like I was going to have some kind of heart attack. So from a health perspective, I knew I had to do it. And I did. I, I, I've always had a great ambition in my heart that I wanted to be a leading actress. And, and that is what kept my determination going. And it must have been, was it hard? It was hard work, obviously. It was hard work. But as an actress, <laughs> your two tools are your body and your voice. Yeah. And if you don't look after it, I feel that I constantly need to be ready to take on any role. This new job that I've got at the moment, there are scenes that are very scantily clad. Therefore, I need to feel comfortable yeah, in doing, my own skin yeah. to give that skin to this character. Yeah. So it's my responsibility to look after myself. And, you know, I won't do anything stupid. I'm, I'm not one of those people that would ever starve myself or... Because you were you know, thinking about having a gastric band, weren't you, back then? No, well, no, I wouldn't. Have, do you know what? If somebody had offered it me when I was 18, I was very uneducated about yeah, you, nutrition, yes. which is the sad thing because I'm very against gastric bands. I think that often it's due to a lack of education. Yeah. And it's it, it can be a bit of an easy fix. I know that there are people out there who've tried everything and it's worked for them and that's brilliant. Um, but I, I am a very strong advocate of the correct nutrition being taught in schools. It's something that I'm constantly fighting for because it's still not there. No. Well, I even think on set. Yes. Food is terrible. Yeah. You know, for, you know, so just to explain to people listening, if you're on location and stuff, we have caterers. And it's always 
you know, it's fish, chips. Rolls. Yeah, it yeah. is. And you're starving on set. Mm. You know, you are, so you eat what's there. Babes, well, I used honestly, to put on so much weight on a block. Yeah. <laughs> Tupperware is my best friend. Yes. I, I, I have to take food on set with me, you know, just in case there's nothing in it. Because otherwise, you've got no choice and you end up eating rubbish and then you get ill and you feel rubbish and you look rubbish. And well, especially on occasion, if you eat that food, but all afternoon, it's literally... Well, you feel like having it's a straight. Yeah. It's an uphill struggle. So also, I... Now, well, so in 2016, you released an album, Rise, but I remember you telling me years ago you were actually in a girl band. (laughs) I was! Monsoon. Monsoon! (laughs) Oh, God! I love this. So this, and this is when you were how old? Oh, God. Monsoon. One horrendous name for a band, isn't it? 17, maybe. And were you signed? No. 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 We were terrible. (laughs) We were terrible. Was it original songs or covers? It was covers. Um, What did we cover? We covered that Wilson Phillips track. Hold on. We covered that. (laughs) And we were terrible. (laughs) Yeah. And I was with girls from from my college. And I remember doing a really dodgy photo shoot. We all had corsets on and... I mean, ter- terrible. <laughs> Te- my, d- my dad, when he saw the pictures, he was like, what the bloody hell are you doing? <laughs> did you ever do a music video or anything? No. no. We did that shoot, and in, in my dad's words, we looked like we'd escaped from a brothel. <laughs> so. Monsoon. Monsoon is the best. And apparently you sing in the range of mezzo-soprano. I do. What is that? I do. Well, it's not quite as high as, as the likes of somebody like Catherine Jenkins. Right. But, uh you kind of midway, but mezzanine. You, you, you leaned mezzanine level. <laughs> mezzanine with a, level with, of the soprano. With, with a touch of the high, yeah. Do you love singing though? Oh, like we're releasing the album it. in 2016. Yeah, I adore it. I really do. Um, Would you give up acting if you were suddenly offered no. a no? No. Uh, people ask me what I prefer, and I think acting has always come slightly in front, but it's why I love musical theatre because. You know, you, you've and got. Have you done musical theatre? Well, that's what I was trained in. Right. And I remember signing with my agent, at, um, United Agents, Thea Martin. And originally, we thought that I would just work in Be musical theatre. Be in the West theater. End, right? Yeah. But then I, I fell so lucky with film and television, and I fell in love with that. That I was like, you've got to go while yeah. while it's there. So doing a musical theatre in the West End, it, you know, it's something that is on that's my to-do list. That's still one just, of the dreams. And there's been there's been a few offers and things, but it's. For me, I don't want to do something that a million people have done before because I want to put my own mark on yes. something. So it's got to be the right thing. You've got to thing. go to Chicago, is there? Babes. I mean, oh. I love Chicago as oh, much yeah. as the next but, person, I mean, but yeah. you can't do anything else with it. No. It is what it is, and it's brilliant, but I think I'd like to do something new. Well, I think otherwise you're always compared to different people. There's only so many ways you can... Yeah, you want to make a splash. And I you? can't do the splits like Jennifer Ellison can. I mean, you know, <laughs> no. you, can't, you can't live up to that. Have you said what's your favourite musical? What you know? What if if not saying you go in it because loads of people don't? What what's the dream part? You know, waitress. Oh yeah, oh. that's amazing. Which and do you know what? I, I love all the parts in, in that. The three girls together are just amazing. So yeah, I love waitress. I love Wicked. And how much theatre have you done? Have you done much theatre? Um, yeah, I've done quite a bit. I, I actually did Jim, one of Jim Cartwright's new plays oh, okay. last year. And Jim Cartwright is probably my favourite contemporary playwright. He's um, amazing. Um, and do you remember the buzz? Like, is it a different buzz? Is it a totally different buzz being on stage? It's completely different. It's completely different because of the adrenaline, the nerves. You know, in television, you can get a little bit nervous sometimes, but I feel like yeah, I'm, I'm pretty net. calm. 
and there's a safety net. You did know. you do the live, Corrie? I did. What was that like? I mean, Most I'm a... terrifying experience of my life. Because <laughs> I think people got the chance to opt out, didn't they? They did, but they kind of said, I was on maternity leave and they were like, look, take as long as you need. However... Oh, you were we're... back in like two months or something, y- weren't you? Yeah, three, three months, because if I hadn't done the live, it would have had a bit of a knock-on effect. And, and also... Oh, you've got to do that, I think, when it's there. The, the chance to do Corrie live. Yeah. And I, lo- I do love live. I love theatre. And it's part of the reason I love singing so much. I, you know, doing my concerts and stuff. How many it? times though, that day did you think, oh my God, there's going to be 11 million people watching? Oh, I mean, it was it was constant. <laughs> did anything, because I was there watching it. I didn't direct it, but I can't think if anything went wrong. Nothing horrendous. It didn't really, did it? I lost a shoe when I was running down the street and a shoe flew off, but nobody noticed, so I just carried on. Oh, right, okay, she great. She didn't go back for the shoe. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it, the camera had moved, so it was fine. Because did you watch these? I mean, we, I spoke to the, I've spoken to some of the EastEnders cast. Do you remember watching that? Joe Joyner. Joe Joyner. Adam. I love Joe, and she was absolutely marvellous. And then I always remember the biggest one was Barbara Windsor skipping four, but she skipped to the end of the scene, and Rita had to somehow claw it back to page one of that scene. Everyone was going, oh my God, she's gone to the end. I can't remember what Joe Joyner did to fix it. Did she he, didn't. Did, no, uh, it was um, it was Laurie who played Jane. Yeah. Who kind of said something because she Who's obviously... Adam? Called, <laughs> <laughs> she did say something like that. Oh, oh my God. It's the worst nightmare because that's the thing. If you do a live comic, you know that if you do mess up, that's probably going to be what you're going to be remembered And it's for. much worse than if you did it on stage. I remember watching Oh, because you might never K. work again, I think, if you did, if you properly messed up. Oh, God, completely. Do you imagine? Because theatre directors would be like, well, you just can't do live. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is. It's terrifying, but amazing. Amazing, yeah. And I think some of the... I think the older cast were the most scared because they'd done Corrie for so long. Yeah. That, you know, the, the, the idea of live is just it's not something they've done for so long. Absolutely. It's amazing they pulled that off, though. It is amazing they yeah. pulled that off. Incredible. So, other TV work you've done. I mean, one of the things I loved is Trolley. I remember watching Trolley. Yeah. I loved you in Trolley. I love Trolley. Where it's did brilliant. you film that? Was it a real supermarket? Bristol. It was in a huge warehouse in the middle of Bristol. And I bet it was freezing. It always looked freezing. Freezing. Was it? Yeah, Completely you can always free- tell it was we freezing. We were thermaled up to the eyeballs. You've done Shameless, two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. Lots of comedy. Is comedy your... I love it. Do you? I yeah. love and it. And you are bloody brilliant at it. Thank you. I, I, when did you realise you were good? Because you must realise you're good. Well, it's just more of a case of I enjoy making people laugh. Love, yeah. I love it. If people laugh at my jokes, it brings such joy to me. And I remember when I did Scarborough with Jason Manford, who is the funniest man on earth, we, we literally spent every day wetting laughing. ourselves, laughing. And I came home to Tom and I went, oh my God. God, I, I mean, working in comedy is its just the happiest thing in the world. And so it's a huge part of my life. I'd love to do more comedy. And what's it like working alongside other people who do comedy? Do you find you learn stuff still? I mean, oh, I think, you know, everyone it, probably does it in a very different way, don't they? And when we were doing Scarborough, you know, Darren was... Obviously, he, he created it, he wrote it, he directed it, and he's just brilliant. And... He gave us a lot of leeway. He was like, Do you know what? If if you decide to start freestyling, we'll oh, just amazing. go with That's it. And, and we did that a few times. And it was just, it was a joy. Because I love improvisation. And, and uh, Jason is obviously hysterical. And, <laughs> yeah. and he was just brilliant. I remember we did, we shot a scene on some waltzers. And we did about eight takes. And <laughs> oh we, my ju- God. we just had fish and chips. And at one point, Jason made me laugh that much that I dribbled... <laughs> 
But because the waltzes were spinning around, it flew into Jason's face, and I think I literally wet myself. It was just hysterical. And it's a shame because that's not coming back, is it? At the moment, Uh, because Scarborough itself, I love. It's like the I'm best place to set something. It is. It's, it's so weird. It's so set in. It's back in time, Scarborough. Yeah, we were devastated because the viewing figures were phenomenal. Every single review was fantastic. But you know what it's like. There's there's no rhyme or reason when when no. you know networks get rid of something. Um, so it's really sad because we loved it. And what's it like filming? Because um, I've never done a really a big series where you take over a place. What's it like taking over? Like, did you literally take over Scarborough? The people of Scarborough were just wonderful. Were they? We had the best nights out. And, you know, complete strangers. We'd be like, come on, come and have a drink. We were just getting, you know, (laughs) getting merry with complete strangers. We did karaoke in the local pubs. We made friends. I mean, Darren has got friends for life there. And they were so... And Darren obviously did Benidorm, didn't he? He did Benidorm again, which was just brilliant. Oh, amazing. And completely iconic. I would have loved to work on Benidorm. Do you know what? I, I really hope that he's got something yeah. coming soon because it's that kind of telly you need do you know what I mean especially especially Mitch now yeah. yeah and I think that probably decision was made before all the lockdown happened and stuff. oh they'll be and kicking themselves regret- no they probably will <laughs> and talking about the waltz is obviously going round and round I remember obviously last year you did Strictly which mm. was huge I remember you said you were sick weren't you the first time I mean, what was I on? Oh, no, I did a skydive recently. Oh, Ooh. my God, 13,000 feet. Why would 15, you do 15,000 feet. I bought it, got bought it for my 40th. That's so I was tight. petrified. And he thought I was so competent because I was pretending to be competent. And then he let me kind of steer it as we went down and went, Paul, and we just went like this. And I literally was like, whoop, nearly sick. So we basically were flying around, oh spinning God. around. And I, and I instantly thought, oh, my God, that's about how Kath felt yeah. when she first... Horrendous. Just explain when you first went into training then. Well, the first dance that we were given was the Viennese waltz. I kept calling it the Vietnamese waltz. <laughs> and the Strictly producer was like, can you not say that? Yeah, yes. Um, but The Vietnamese waltz. <laughs> the Vietnamese waltz. Obviously, it involves a lot of spinning. I ended up going to see an ear, nose and throat person that gave me tablets because the amount of times I heaved on Johannes. Oh my and God. Johannes was like, baby girl, that is not nice. So I was like, ugh. <laughs> So I, I was. What did they really, give you, like motion? I, no, I, I'm, they were like I don't know some hybrid thing, but they were amazing. They worked. He still felt a little bit gippy, but I managed not to vomit, which was a huge feat. <laughs> yeah, and what was the strictly experience like? I mean, it's kind of I think everyone's dream, you know, out of all the re- out of any show you're going to do as a celebrity. Yes, I think Strictly's the dream. Is it, it was wonderful. Mainly because I was put with Johannes, who is incredible. But everybody there is wonderful. And it was That day when their partners are picked, you stood there thinking, oh, "Oh God. I was so thrilled because I loved Johannes. And we'd already started to get on with each other. And it was just... Tom was more thrilled. Tom Tom was really relieved. Um, I mean, he was more likely to run off with Tom than me. So it's fine. Uh, It was just... It was a dream come true. And, and again, what was the pressure like of that? Because that's live, obviously. And it's kind of, you're not acting, you're being cast. I wanted to do it because I, I genuinely had no dance experience. I couldn't dance. And I love to challenge myself, as I've already mentioned. So that was the reason I did it. But the night we went out, I'd, I'd really hurt myself before we went on stage. So we had a physio manipulating my, my diaphragm and putting a rib back in. Oh, my God. And we had people Jeez. around us 
going, you should say something, you should say something, the judges should take that into account. And I didn't want to be one of those contestants that yeah. was like, give me sympathy. And now I wish I'd said something because I couldn't move properly. And they were like, you looked a bit wooden tonight. <laughs> you look very... Um... As your ribs just come out And again. I felt like saying, well, of course I did shills. My rib was angry And now. that's kind of so horrible about those shows now. Like you said, you don't want to be that person. But it's all become that there's different, you know, like those rules have appeared, haven't they? They, they? want they want the sympathy stories. Yeah. And, and I, was, I wasn't willing to do that because for me... And people at home are so judgmental now. Oh, you know my it's God. It's like, you know... But I, I wish I'd said something about my rib because I look back and, and I watch the performance and I'm mortified because in <laughs> rehearsals, we, we nailed it. You know, it's pretty similar to the rumba and we got our highest scores for the rumba, but I just, oh, the pain from my rib. Oh, was... I bet. And I can't wait for this year's actually because I'm just, I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Because I, I think know. they're going to go all in a hotel together, which I mean is a disaster. Yeah, I spoke to Jojo last week, and but he he said that they've genuinely because he was apprehensive, like everybody else. He said they've made it so special because that's what Strictly do. Yeah, they make it special. And I think like Bake Off came back last week, and I just think actually in the world we're living in at the moment, that familiarity. I can't say that word. <laughs> <laughs> we know what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's kind of what you need. It's a kind of nice warm feeling when a show like that's come back on I, makes everything seem normal i i wish i'd done bake off i'd have probably won that you um, should do something i off. would kill to do bake off it's mine and tom's favorite thing we just love it you'd be brilliant on bake off celebrity bake off You've i got, feel like got i got a lot of practice in lockdown i literally would give were Mary you baking Mary. every day babes were you oh my god i was baking every day and then it got to the point where i was like my jeans just don't fit anymore <laughs> I became obsessed with bread. Making and I bread. can imagine you doing that final challenge going totally out for it. Oh! You'd like totally challenge yourself. And the rest. It would I be the biggest would, oh, campus just, yeah. thing ever. It would literally, yeah, it would It would be, it would look like Barbie had thrown up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would love to do it. And then what's in the pipe? Like, So obviously we've done a thing called Sisters X, which is going to go online, yeah. which is a drama where you play three sisters. Yeah. How was that playing three different people? I mean, you were, you're amazing. Wait till people see it. But Thank you. Honestly, Lee, I, I mean, I told you at the time, an actress's dream. It's because... about everyone. So it's basically about a 90s girl band, three sisters, all played by Kath, reforming because they have to kind of, and this mad producer who's been sacked from the BBC and is trying to claw her way back into telly. It was so fun to film, wasn't it? It was just wonderful. And Barbie was amazing. And it, the, the chance to play three different sisters. Oh, I just loved it. And what's nice, I think, about our industry now is we can do stuff, you know, try to get stuff commissioned yeah. ourselves. And, you know, it's a, kind of opened the doors. I mean, it's still bloody impossible to get anything past the door. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's good, isn't it, I think, the way our industry's going like that. Absolutely. It's been yourself. a real, you know, a lockdown had its its lows. But, I mean, I did a 10-week creative writing course, as you know. Oh, did you? And, yeah, 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 no, yeah. produced you know, a script that's now got quite a lot of interest. And so I think it's a, it's given us that chance to do things to do that we don't stuff. have time yeah. to do. And do you like writing as well? Oh, I adore Love it. writing. And I've done it on and off for years. I'm working on something with Jonathan Harvey at the moment, actually. And, and that has been literally in development from my side for about 10 years. <laughs> so I love it. It's it's. It's such a joy, yeah. I'd like to do more. Well, it's been amazing to talk to you. I'm going to give you a little solo oh, from the box. Yeah. And who would you... Final question is, who in Coronation Street would you give that to for a good wash, whether it's dirt or whether it's sins? Oh. Character-wise. 
Dirtos. Oh, Tracy Barlow. Yes. Tracy Give her a scrum. <laughs> All right, well, it's so lovely to talk to you, Kath. And you. Thank you, darling. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Soap from the Box. Kath is literally one of the funniest people I know, and we have got quite a few projects coming up, so I will keep you up to date on those. I'll be back next week with another amazing Soap Star guest and all week on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Soap from the Box. I'll be posting clues as to who that's going to be. See if you can guess. I'd like to thank David Stevens and the Bothy for his edit and technical wizardry. You wouldn't be listening to this without him. I'll see you next week. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.